it's like the church committee, they try to do the Rockefeller, or they do. I mean, they have the Rockefeller Commission, which in retrospect, considering that Rock, Nelson Rockefeller, you know, was connected to like the World Commerce Corporation and he was on, he was basically chairing uh, the Foreign Intelligence Advisory Committee for Eisenhower. I mean, it's, also it's, a, it's a ridiculous situation. Oh, no. I mean, it was ideal from the point of view. If you want to cover up, he's the man to go to. You didn't mention that he's also a member of Le Cercle, which is this uh, very, I mean, it, it, it sounds super spooky, almost out of a novel, but there is a Cercle, and you can look it up on the, on the Internet. And it united uh, very rich people in Europe uh, with... Uh, Retired heads of intelligence agencies, uh, the head of STEC in France and the head of MI6 in England. And there was um, two Americans involved with the circle. One was David Rockefeller and one was Nelson Rockefeller. And the, the circle, I think the only American meeting that we know of took place in their family mansion just outside of New York, up in, I forget where it is. Um, yes, and so the government came through with their version, and uh, well, we could go on and on about that. But that's the co the context in which I published in Ramparts an article, and it's like Dan releasing the Pentagon Papers at, at the right moment when the country was getting very, very concerned about not so much the Vietnam War as the cost of the Vietnam War, that they, you might say, the ruling class felt this was a, a game they could no longer support. And the Times published, the Post, both of them published the Pentagon Papers. Well, on a much lower level, Ramparts magazine, which was not a mainstream journal, it tried to look like a mainstream journal. It was funded by a, a rich... Uh, Catholic, he put his whole personal fortune and lost it all in ramparts. And it looked as if it had uh, support from the military-industrial complex because there would be a big ad for Boeing airplanes on the back cover of ramparts. But those those were not real ads. That was just Warren Hengel, the editor. Uh, taking a, a copy of a, a real ad and putting it on his back cover to make the magazine look more respectable and sell at newsstands, which it did. It had quite a, a it had a big circulation for a, a non-mainstream journal trying to pretend it was a mainstream journal. And I had this article, and again, someone once said that the the uh, the journalistic discussion of the Kennedy assassination really began in 75 with this article of mine. I, I, I don't know who said that, but I did read it. Um, and I don't remember what I said in the article, but it, it is online, I believe. Um, but it talked about a part two, and I've often been accused of bluffing, not often, but I have been accused of bluffing because no part two ever appeared. And that, I thought, was rather suspicious because I gave them parts one and two at the same time, and I went through the whole editorial process with part one, which was reasonably serious at Ramparts. 
But nothing happened on part two. And after a week or two, I went to David Horowitz, who was then running the whole shebang, and said, nothing's happening. And he said, I can't get into it. I'm very busy with other things. Let the editor handle it, Bo Birmingham. And I said, well, I think the, Bo Birmingham, I think, is the problem. And uh, anyway, the, the night before they were going to go to press, somebody stayed up all night and cobbled together something. And it, I looked at it and I cannot put my name to this. So you could blame me in the sense that I didn't, I didn't agree to their very, very rapidly and clumsily reconstructed version of my versions. What was what, what did Bo Birmingham? What was the explanation that he offered? I don't know. He he came and he went. I don't think he was editor there very long, and I've always been curious if it, it, this is. Not spelt the ordinary way, B-I-R-M. It's Birmingham, B-E-R-M, which is uh, the family name of some minor Irish peers, I think. It was a Robert Birmingham, who was a lord something or other in Ireland. Um, I, uh, I became much more curious in who Bo Birmingham was when, in 1987, uh, there was a minority report uh, filed to the Iran-Contra report in the name of Dick Cheney. It was very much fringe Republicans. So that's what Cheney was then, after all, a congressman from Wyoming, of all places. Um, uh, the, the mainstream Republicans, not one senator supported it, only congressmen, and I would have said mostly fairly marginal congressmen. But in the middle of it was a report to uh, Lee Hamilton, of course, as a Democrat, and later was on the 9-11 Commission, and I think kind of an expert in covering things up. And in, the, uh, in his the minority report was a, 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 another report dated July 23rd, 1973, signed by Robert A. Birmingham, B-E-R-M-I-N-G-H-A-M. And I've always wondered if it was the same guy, because this was clearly a conspiratorially contrived report which was peddling a lie. The lie was that hundreds of investigations have not revealed any connection between Contras and drugs, and that Lie. Wait, so wait, wait a second. That what year is? I'm a little. You said 1973 in Bo Birmingham report, but well, yes, I Congress. So Bo Birmingham's. I think it's a Bo Birmingham memo that's in the minority Robert, report. Robert A. Birmingham saying dated July 23, 1987. Thank you, thank you. I yeah. got that got that dead wrong, but. I'm very clear about that date. It's vivid to me because that false statement is a quote from the Washington Post of July 22nd, 19, uh, in 1987, I'm going to get it right this time, which had then been uh, canceled and apologized for by the Post on July 24th. So to date the document July 23 was to be able to cite the Post article of the day before, ignoring the 
the the uh, repudiation of it the day after the report itself was filed in nineteen in November. So they had months to clear this up, and I know that that was not just a, 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 an error; it was a lie because it's reporting on a congressional hearing of July twenty first, and I was there. That was my six months when I was in Washington. And I had written a report on conquerors and drug trafficking, which the boss of my think tank, the International Center for Development Policy, he read it. There were only three statements at this congressional hearing. The whole thing was a really Washington at its worst because it was chaired by Congressman Wrangell from New York, a black congressman from Harlem. And he said, the only reason I'm having this hearing is my constituents insist I have a hearing. I'm not interested. The only thing I'm going to do about it is take whatever is said here, and I'll give it to the uh, the uh, House Committee, Judiciary Committee. And he committed to do that. And all three statements in their own various ways, one of them was by Robert Perry, I believe, uh, they were all talking about conscious and drug traffics. And then the Post the next day says that at the hearings it was revealed that hundreds of investigations had proved there was no connection. It was the exact opposite of what was actually said in that hearing room. And I just happened to be here. I'd written one of the statements myself. So uh, I knew that the Post is capable of flagrant lying on behalf of the deep state. And... uh, that, that was an education to me, and that's why I'm taking so long to tell it here, that you have to know that the newspapers will, at least the Washington Post, at least on one occasion, just flat out lied, and then a, a, a Democrat uh, uh, got done. Well, I was not blaming Wrangell. Wrangell protested. He wrote a letter to the Post about how they had totally misreported what happened in the court post. Oh, so he, after, after, after he had sort of tried to uh, soft pedal your, or, or down, down, no, I, I think Rangel, your expectations, he actually. Rangel, yeah. Wrangell did, did the right thing. He, he invited the right people to come and talk about countries and drugs. I, I couldn't, you know, I'm not blowing my own horn here. I don't think there were any other people who, who around doing that, doing it better than, Bob Perry, for example, let's talk yeah. about him. So, and when the Post lied, he protested the lie. They didn't print his uh, protest, but they did repudiate their lie. And that's why the date of the, of the Birmingham report, July 23rd, which is the day after the lie and the day before the repudiation of the lie, is part of the conspiracy, I would have to say. That can't be a coincidence. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.